but um, it was the early days of, of MTV and I was into like, you know, Rush and um, Billy Squire and Def Leppard and, and, you know, those kind of things. I think, you know, it's probably, you know, pretty common for a, um, uh, you know, 14, 15 year old, you know, uh, kid at that time. Sure. Um, so then in the midst of all that, those, you know, watching those videos. And I remember my brother just thinking I was crazy was the uh, Atlantic City video would pop on. And I was just riveted to to that video. And, um, you know, and it was just such a departure from every, everything else. Uh, you know, there was, you know, Bruce wasn't in it. It was black and white on the bus and just such different, different music. And I was just really attracted to that song. And, um, you know, that was really, I guess, you know, you know, my start. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Less Than Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, fresh from a unplanned sabbatical, uh, but I am back. Uh, I am recording new episodes as we record this. This is June 9th, uh, about day um, 15 in my liquid diet only, and damn, am I hungry for solid food. <laughs> so unfortunately, my guest is going to have to put up with my stomach grumbling, but I have Ken Sawilchik. Perfect, perfect. Uh, joining me. So Ken, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jesse. Glad to have me on. I really appreciate it. Um, be really, uh, really fun and uh, glad you're back and feeling better. I am. So tell us a little about yourself. Give us your elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, I guess we start out with with, uh, with Bruce Springsteen, but uh, I've been a you know, Bruce Springsteen fan for, for quite some time since my, uh, yeah, I guess late high school, mid high school days. Um, I uh, live in Chicago, um, been here, well, Chicago area. I live in Tinley Park, actually, a suburb of Chicago, but I've been in Chicago area my, uh, my whole life. Um, live with my wife and I have a, uh, a Beagle Basset Hound mix. And um, yeah, I do, uh, you know, marketing for a profession and and uh, I know you noticed on Twitter today, I do a lot of uh, blogging uh, about the Chicago White Sox. And I've been doing that for, I don't know, four or five years now. So that's kind so, of it in a nutshell. So why White Sox instead of Cubs? Oh, well, yeah, really, that's a question. I mean, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess um, I was not born a White Sox fan. Interesting enough, I'm going to put this out here, but I was, uh, my father was a Cubs fan and I grew up um you know, a uh, Cubs fan, but um, I guess I kind of got the high school age and to fit in with the cool kids. I had to be a White Sox fan and, uh, you know, I, I converted and uh, never looked back. A uh, little bit of rebel against your dad or just... <laughs> no, no, I don't think so at, at all. Um, yeah, no, I was still a Cubs fan, a, a closet Cubs fan. You know, I, I guess I would switch back and forth for, <laughs> for who I in the crowd I was with for, for quite well, some time. Because I always ask this, um, because you know my son is um, is 32, and grew up. Uh, he was born in '89. Quick to tell you, he's a Landry baby. Uh, Tom Landry was still okay. the coach of the Cowboys okay. when he was born. Sure. Uh, Jerry Jones didn't buy the team to like two weeks afterwards, um, and he is fascinated with the idea 
of, you know, he grew up, he's a Cowboy fan. He's a Maverick fan. He's a Texas Rangers fan because that's what you do. And, you know, when we went up to Jersey to attend a, a brew show, you know, he was asking everyone like, okay, how do you decide whether you're a Giants or a Jets fan? I mean, you know, like, and so I'm yeah, always yeah. fascinated because you would think like if I got transferred to Chicago, I'd be like, Hey, I have a chance to see professional team any given time and would kind of both be rooting for them. But that isn't the nature of the business, is it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can, um, yeah, you know, I guess we can, we can tie in a little Bruce here. You're, you're born into this life paying for uh, sins of somebody else's past, right? So. <laughs> exactly. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I guess, yeah, you, you mentioned the rebel thing. I mean, it was a little bit of one to, to break away, but, but not really rebellious. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. And, and, you know, here in Chicago, you're, you're one or the other. And um, I guess when I was a, a Cubs fan growing up, it seemed like I was the only one who was a Cubs fan everybody else was was Sox fans and now that I'm a Sox fan it seems like everybody's Cubs fans and, and you know there's there's just a, a small contingent of Sox fans mm-hmm. but um I guess that's the way it goes so yeah um you know because it was interesting um the um Sean Ryan um was in an interview and I I forgot the name of the TV drama. He had a, a, he, you know, Sean Ryan has done a lot of great TV and, uh, but I forgot what, but one of them was set in Chicago and it was a police show and um, his lead character, I, I believe, you know, was a Sox fan. And even though like Ryan said, he's a Cubs fan, but he knew the character would be a White Sox fan. So I thought that right, was right. interesting and that's cool. Well, I told you we'd go off on tangents. Uh, sure, sure. No, not a problem. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about, bit. right? Hey, so let's talk about growing up. Uh, where did you grow up from? And what kind of music did your family listen to? What kind of yeah, music? yeah. So yeah, that's like I said, I, I've lived here in the south uh, suburbs of, of Chicago uh, for my whole life. So I grew up in a town called uh, called Palos Hills. And, um, yeah, you know, I guess my, my family, I don't know the, uh, there was a, maybe KTEL was our, was our, our kind of, uh, okay. family music. I, I, I don't remember anything, you know, specific. I mean, I, I think they kind of listened, my family kind of listened to what was popular. I mean, maybe, you know, some Fleetwood Mac. I certainly think that, you know, got me into Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks, uh, maybe Linda Ronstadt, you know, still somebody I listened to, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think really otherwise it was just kind of, you know, whatever w- was, was popular at the time, you know, and the, you know, early late seventies. So yeah. When did you graduate high school? I graduated high school in, in 85. Okay. So you're a little bit uh, younger than I am. So, cause I graduated in 77. Um, but yeah, that era of, you know, um, pop radio, top 40 radio was, you know, big during that time. Um, so can you remember when you discovered Bruce? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is kind of, it's probably a unique entry point for me too, because, um, I, I suppose I had heard of him, but I didn't really know what he was all about. And I'd probably heard hungry heart on the radio, but didn't really make make any association with him or anything but um it was the early days of of mtv and i was into like you know rush and 
um, Billy Squire and Def Leppard and, and, you know, those kind of things. I think, you know, it's probably, you know, pretty common for a, um, uh, you know, 14, 15 year old, you know, uh, kid at that time. Sure. Um, so then in the midst of all that, those, you know, watching those videos and I remember my brother just thinking I was crazy was the, uh, Atlantic city video would pop on and I was just riveted to, to that video and, um, you know, and it was just such a departure from every, everything else. Uh, you know, there was, you know, Bruce wasn't in it. It was black and white on the bus and just such different, different music. And I was just really attracted to that song. And, um, you know, that was really, I guess, you know, you know, my start. Um, I never wound up buying the Nebraska album, though I, I contemplated it um, for quite some time. And, you know, you know, back then, you know, buying an album uh, on vinyl was, uh, you know, like buying a yacht now or something <laughs> really had to, you know, make some, uh, put some thought into a purchase. So I didn't just uh, buy things easily. Um, you know, looking back on it, I'm probably glad I didn't, um, you know, I didn't buy it because, um, you know, probably would have, would have been such a departure from what I was listening to, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't have, have really got into it that much. You know, I think something like, you know, my father's house where my thin lines, uh, such, so much, uh, uh, since I on its own is such a departure from, um, Billy Square, do this, do the stroke. I, you know, I think I would have, uh, probably, um, you know, not really latched onto it, but, um, you know, I kind of forgot about him for that point. And then, you know, what, two years later, 84, I, I heard, uh, you know, Dance in the Dark on the radio. And I was like, wow, this is, the, you know, the best uh, song I've probably ever heard in my life. And uh, I was uh, I was hooked from there. You know, I want to go back just for a moment. Um, I remember reading a article back at, you know, during the 80s. And I can't remember which, you know, w- you know, I'm sure it must have been a magazine, uh, but it might've been the late Charles press, the American press, but there was an article about music videos about them coming of age in MTV. And I remember very clearly talking about the different genres and the different ways. And this person, the article specifically mentioned, and some do videos like Bruce Springsteen, Atlantic city, where he doesn't even appear. You know, because they started out basically concert footage, you know, that. Right, right. And I remember sticking with that, that I remember thinking about that, how unusual that was that. And, you know, it was, you know, because he had not done a lot of videos up at that point. And, you know, and, and to do that creatively, I could see why, first off, it's a great song. And secondly, the mood, the mood of that video was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. I was going to say so, but then like everyone else in, in the world uh, born in the USA comes out and, you know, you're hit by these, just this massive, you know, hit album, right. This hit machine. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I can't remember the time it was like, you know, you're, you're not a Bruce Springsteen fan. You're a, you're a pop, you know, it's a pop record. You're a, yeah. you know, you're a born in the USA fan. And, you know, I guess um, I was always kind of trying to hide that in those days that I came in on that album, but um, you know, I just think it was a natural progression of, of things, um, you know, the way, you know, the way, just the way that my age at the time and you uh, know the way, way the music kind of, kind of hit and the way I came about it. So. Well, for what it's worth, Ken, I think it, it gets a bad rep. Uh, first off, it was a, um, you know, 
the album is in itself is filled with a lot of great songs. And yes, I guess maybe it could be a little outdated because of the style of songs, but the reality is, um, you know, there are a lot of great songs and it's easy to be a snob and go, uh, well, you know, I'm into darkness or I'm in Nebraska, but there's no shame. And, you know, born in the USA, I think if a lot of fans um, would confess, like, you know, a huge generation of people who didn't live in the new, you know, the East coast that, you know, didn't discover him via, you know, some of these others, that's where a lot of people found his music. Oh yeah. I'm great. I mean, it was so huge at that time. And, you know, that's still a, you know, a great, uh, it's still a great album. I still, you know, like to listen to. In fact, uh, it's funny. I mentioned I, I moved recently and uh, yeah. I was going through some things. I, I found that album on vinyl and, um, you know, I was just thinking like, you know, how much this had really influenced my life and changed it, the things I've done and the people I've met and, and really how, you know, that yeah. one piece of vinyl had really uh, changed and shaped really a lot of my future. Well, yeah. And I also always get a kick out of when you think about, um, you know, when he's building a live set list, right? Um, I had a, my good friend Sam years ago before Tom Petty passed had went to a Tom Petty show and I go, Oh, Sam, how was it? He goes, he says, this was the show that I'm sure a hardcore Ted Tom Petty fan hated because he played every song I wanted to hear. He played all the hits, all the songs that I wanted to hear. And I'm sure the hardcore Petty fan was rolling his eye during the concert. Like, Oh, why is he playing American girl? Why is he doing this again? Why couldn't he play some of the obscure? And I think it's amazing how Bruce mixes in, the you know he doesn't do all the quote-unquote hits every show he mixes in what he's going to you know give us in a set list yeah yeah i mean i think that's yeah really interesting that uh even you know that the band can even remember those songs and play them yeah you know just on on cue without having a set playlist or you know i know yeah he's, he's got pretty much you know kind of a set list that he follows and he varies on it but then all of a sudden he'll you know he'll he'll do a sign request or whatever and just break into something you know from 50 years ago whatever and uh you know the band plays it flawlessly at least from you know from my standpoint yeah um i i, I there's a there's a line right where um tom morella when he was touring with them when lil steven was working on you know the tv show um, that Morella once said that when there was a sign request came up and he went, Oh good. It's one I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which can be amazing. Well, so I always like to preface this with the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is, is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, but, uh, for the record, um, have you seen him live and how many times? Yeah, I've seen him live quite a few times. In fact, it's funny. I, I know I was going to see him one time and a friend was like, or, you know, a work acquaintance was like, yeah, wow, that's like a once in a lifetime experience. I'm like, um, and I'm on time number six, I think. So, <laughs> so, and he's like, wow. I'm like, yeah. And, and yeah, so I've seen him, uh, yeah, yeah, six, uh, six times. So, um, so one of the couple of quick stories and, um, I had a boss who um, couldn't believe I had seen Bruce 
you know, over 10 times. He just was amazed that I had seen any band that many times. And then my favorite story was during the river tour in the 2016, the second river tour. Right, right. Um, I was working for a guy and um, I had taken off vacation time to go to Jersey to see, you know, a show at the Meadowland, kind of, you know, Mecca. I'm going to see Bruce in Jersey. And, um, and my boss is like, you know, he was one of those guys that was a workaholic. And he's like, well, we give you vacation time, but we really don't expect you to use it. Right. <laughs> wow. He's wow. like, yeah. you know, like um, blank, blank, always, we end up paying him back because he never takes the vacation time. And he says, and I'm just a little surprised you're taking vacation for you've already seen him once before. And I didn't want to tell him that this was the fifth time I'd seen him on the tour, right? I just I was <laughs> right, like, right. boy, he'd be really mad at me. So that's amazing. When was yeah, the, yeah. yeah, when was your first show, Ken? Yeah, my first show was the Tunnel of, of Love tour, which I, I was at 87, 88, um, Great something tour. like that. I would so, love yeah. to see that show. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was funny at the time, you know, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it and was just mesmerized by it, but, you know, I think I was anxious to see him again because I believe Thunder Road wasn't played. I know Born to Run was acoustic. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even sure if Rosalita was, was played at that first concert. So, um, you know, kind of those, those big staples, um, you know, I, I don't think I heard of, though. you know, I was, you know, certainly um, at that time, I, you know, I love the show um, and had a yeah. great time at it, but I was really anxious to see him again. And that was kind of like, you know, okay, next time was on the 92, 93 tour. And, you know, I know a lot of people are like, well, he didn't have the East street band and stuff, but you know, I heard those, those, those songs um, yeah. that time. So, you know, I really enjoyed those shows. So the first seven times I saw him, I did not hear thunder road. You know, and I was like, am, am I ever going to hear Thunder Road live? Right. Um, and, you know, Ken and I just talked about the archive. Um, you know, I would have loved to seen that tour, mostly because uh, I would have, I think, hearing some of those songs from Human Touch and, and Lucky Town would have been really interesting to hear. Right. Because, you know, they aren't played that much very, you know, the way now when you hear when you see him perform live right right yeah yeah in fact i saw that show uh two two nights in a row so um it was uh, it was interesting like the tickets weren't weren't selling or, or whatever and I, I had tickets for the first night and i went and saw the show and then you know i went to work the next morning and it was kind of yeah. all i could think about it and, and uh, my buddy who i went with called me he was like you know what i'm thinking i'm like you want to go back tonight too, don't you? <laughs> and then um, he was like, yep. He's like, we're, I, you know, at that time, those tickets weren't selling very well. And I think they, it was one of those uh, uh, venues where, you know, they have the pavilion in front that's covered and then the lawn in the back. So yeah. I thought like the lawn wasn't sold out and, and you could just, um, you know, walk up to the box office at the, at the stadium and, and, and pay for it. And that's what I intended to do. But I, I, I drove up by myself um, and my friend, I met him there and I, we knew some other friends going and um, I wanted to buy a ticket for something in the parking lot for like less than, than face value. So it was, uh, you know, and then it turned out to be, that's a show I really remember. Um, oh, I can you know, imagine. Very well, actually. Yeah. Um, what, uh, any, um, any other shows from shows that you, any other stories from shows you want to share? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think this is something interesting to bring up. It's a show I didn't actually attend, um, but uh, I was in uh, New York for um, a, a trade show, and, and he was playing at the Broadway show show at that time. Yeah, and uh, and and I uh, was trying to get tickets, but the you know a single ticket was over a thousand dollars, and right. I just didn't want to want to spend that much. And you know, I thought yeah, I could possibly get it down to where I I would. Uh, it's something I could afford or was willing to part with and, um, you know, just never, never got there. And I, I have like a group chat with some, some friends. I wound up like tweeting something for, or, or sending something for, you know, I was frustrated yeah. about that going in. And like, turns out the same friends I was, I was mentioning happened to be there. Him and his wife were at the, at the, the, um, the Broadway show, same time I was there. And um, they're like, well, we're going to go the following that we don't have, have tickets, but he'll, he'll sign autographs coming out of the show. And we're going to get there about the same time the uh, the show starts so so we did that we went and about the time the show was starting we went and waited outside in this little like pit area that was like you know um you know cordon off and, and we got there and we're you know pretty close to the to the front and it was kind of interesting it was it was really jammed with people and there was a young lady in, in front of us who had this like beautiful vinyl set of uh of, of born to run album and she was hoping to get it signed and then there was another um you know young lady out there with a with a, uh, a father's day card yeah, and uh, they wound up both getting autographs for, from Bruce. Um, Very cool. He came by and signed them, so you know it was really great that he. And I, I saw him kind of do a double take at the uh, at the Father's Day card. Yeah. Um, so um, you know that was kind of an interesting experience. I just thought of the uh, you know the dedication of these uh, you know these young women here to you know do that for for their fathers um, because that was hard. It was a lot of standing, and, and you know really yes. uh, I questioned my own uh, wherewithal to uh, to stick through it, and uh, and they were willing to do it. So I thought that was you know kind of a nice uh, you know really nice thing to do. Good. So he's going back to Broadway. Um, yeah, yeah. I just saw that. Run. Are you tempted to try to go? Yeah, I was. I was thinking about that. I'm wondering, you know, again, how, how tough the ticket is, and then you know, I've got to fly to fly to New York, so it gets to be such an expensive uh, proposition. So, um, yeah, I mean, you probably don't have much time to decide um, as far as uh, you know face value tickets, but uh, there's always the secondary market. So, so what I've been reading is this venue is double the size of the Walter Kerr Theater. Oh, okay. okay. So there, that's on the plus side for someone who hasn't gone it will be uh, maybe not quite as intimate but you have double the chance of tickets so um so you know maybe uh and and i'm sure you've seen it on netflix yeah yeah i, I yeah. watched that first day it was on yeah in fact somebody texted me do you know this on netflix i'm like yeah i watched that like within the first five minutes it, yeah exactly it was on, so. yeah well, good. Well, uh, I hope you get a chance to go. It, it is something um, I was lucky enough. Um, I had not planned to go and someone reached out to me and said, hey, why aren't you going? I'm like, well, I just can't afford it. You know, there's no way. And I couldn't get tickets anyway. And and uh, this ticket angel said, well, I can get you a ticket. You know, how much are you yeah, willing to yeah. spend? And so that's yeah. when I, I had to go. And I don't know if you're a mixed marriage or not. I don't know if your lovely bride is a Springsteen fan or not. Mine is not. Yeah, yeah um, no, mine is not either. And um, yeah, so, um, so yeah, we have that too. So. Yeah, so um, I tell the story, Ken, because um, we've been married over 30 years. And there are times when, and I, I sat down with her and I said, okay, you know, there are times in our marriage where we ask each other something and the other one has to say yes. 
I mean, let's just, you know, hey, is it okay if my sister comes and spends the weekend with us? The answer is yes. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. have any, you know, I can't say no, and which I wouldn't anyway. I, I love my sister-in-law, but there are things where, you know, hey, um, but in this case, I said, Linda, you have the right to say no. <laughs> so let's talk about yeah. this. And so we had a pretty uh, decent discussion. Um, and I think what sold us is she was able to find a pretty a direct flight from Dallas to uh, New York, pretty inexpensive. And it was wrapped in one of those little bitty like boot hotels that basically had the same size as a um a cruise ship you know cabin <laughs> you know? right right so i was able to get that well good well i hope you get to go i, I it'll be a lot of fun yeah yeah definitely yeah i was uh, just contemplating that when i saw that came out like very interesting yeah. that uh that's opening up yeah so i'm gonna get back to bruce but i'm, I'm curious how did you start blogging about baseball yeah, a long, it was a long way around to that one, uh, too. I um, actually started, started fiction writing, and um, I, I was writing some, some pieces, and I got a, a story published. And I don't know how, but from that, started, people started just contacting me on, on Twitter. Do you want to write for my blog? Do you want to write for my you know, blog? I'm like, wait a minute, I can write about you know, the White Sox? I mean, I, I, you can do this? I mean, I, I knew about blogging. Um, but I really didn't, you know, follow it. I just stayed with the, you know, the mainstream uh, outlets sure. for, for coverage. And, um, you know, I just, I had people like ask me to write, you know, for them all the time. And, uh, you know, I just settled in on it and, and started writing and um, started writing for one um, blog and then, um, you know, found the one um, I'm writing for, for now and uh, just kind of, you know, stuck with it uh, ever since. What, what about it do you enjoy? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, so really, I write, I write about the, the minor league system, you know, for the White Sox. And okay. I guess really like trying to, you know, at the time, uh, I don't know if I really consciously I did, it just kind of came up, but the, the White Sox were in this rebuild. So the, the, you know, minor league system was really getting a lot of focus and a lot of attention. They had uh, traded for a lot of minor league prospects and, and, and so forth. But uh, yeah, you know, I enjoy writing one, obviously, you know, I write, um, you know, fiction and, and part of my day job is, is writing. But um, yeah, I really like just, you know, I, I get to interview players. I've interviewed executives, I've interviewed coaches. So, um, you know, just really getting to, to kind of dig into these things and, and, you know, write about some of these players and, and kind of come up with some of these angles. It just is, is kind of satisfying to me. I like to, you know, learn about things and, you know, I kind of really sometimes get into some, some probing questions about uh, some of these things and, and really kind of go off on tangents. So um, they turn out good that way. Well, because what I think is interesting, right, is that um, we have a small uh, Frisco uh, Rough Riders is the Texas Rangers, um, you know, minor league that's here in Dallas. And and so we will go to that pre-COVID, uh, you know, probably at least once a year. We would, you know, go and in a lot of ways we enjoy going to the minor league part than more than we do the Rangers. You know, it's it's a little smaller park. Um it's a little more intimate um, and it's interesting because, you know, it, in terms of music, it's like you're seeing an opening act. These young players, right, may make it, may not make it. And are they going to catch lightning? And it so, truly is in terms of music. It's like when you're going to see a opening act that only has 30 minutes to convince you. And every once in a while at a venue, you'll go, they were really good. 
Yeah, yeah. Like I should yeah. go check out to see if they have anything, uh, you know, uh, available as far as an album or something. So I, I'm guessing I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that part of the intrigue? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's like you know, you see these players, you're like, well, can he turn into something? And you kind of just analyze, you know, their their stats and, and their kind of their you know their um, whatever bios or whatever, and and kind of their their measurables and, and talk to them and, and kind of watch them play and, and you know, kind of just really yeah, get into it. It's kind of mm-hmm. you know, I, I've only talked to one guy who actually made it to the majors, which is, is Dane Dunning, who's on, who's on Texas um, now, but. Um, yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah, trying to pick your uh, your resources and see who's going to make it and kind of analyze these things. That's kind of, yeah, the, the fun of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How has it, uh, what's it been like covering this during COVID? Yeah, actually, um, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of rough uh, because there was no, nothing going on. So really didn't do a lot in, in the last, uh, you know, year or so. And it was kind of hard to come up with topics. So I've kind of had a little bit of a, you know, layoff uh, from it. I mean, you know, they still had a, had a draft last year or so. And that's one yeah. of the things I, I, I like doing kind of getting into the, into the draft. And, and, you know, again, you're kind of just discovering these players and you're reading about them and, you know, he hits like this and he runs like this and he fields and like, you know, wow, this guy looks, sounds like he's going to be really good. And then you're watching videos and trying to make evaluations. So, you know, there wasn't a lot to write about. So it was kind of tough to stay in it mentally and um, was definitely chomping the bit for it to, to start back up and, and glad it finally has. Yeah, um, we ended up. Um, so last year, you know, the Rangers opened a new park, but there were no there. You couldn't go to get tickets. And so this year they've opened up. And um, so um, I. I looked and um, not that I'm obsessed, Ken, but August 25th is the last day um, of my transition with this eating. And so like August 26th, I can go to normal food. Okay. It's going to be very different. And um, like on August 28th or 29th on a Saturday, um, the Houston Astros are going to be here at the new ballpark. So I texted my brother-in-law. I'm like, Hey, do you want to go to the Astros game? And, and so we're all going. So I'm really pumped about going to see the new game, the new stadium and, and seeing, and um, you know, I, I just, I'm a big baseball fan. I just love the, the purity and, and, and the beauty of it. And, you know, I, I, I bought into Ken Burns documentary and um, in fact, for the longest time, my wife's like, I don't want to go to the baseball game. Why? Because you and Chris watched the game. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, Chris yeah. and I could just, and you just uh, watch the game and you, there is a silence and then maybe have an exchange and talk, but you just truly are just enjoying the game. Yeah. Yeah. See, I treated like almost two, two different experiences. Like, you know, if I'm watching on TV, I'm really getting into the game. I'm studying it. I, I'm, yeah. you know, what pitch to look at the break on that pitch or look at the yeah. swing, but you know, at a ballpark, you can't really, you know, unless you got really good seats, you can't really do that. So right. I'm kind of the other way around where I, if I go to the game, I'm, I'm there to socialize and have, have fun and, you know, you know, eat the food and, and, and talk to people and, and just kind of yeah. get, get swept up in it. So I don't really, you know, I kind of turn that part part of it off and uh, and don't really, you know, overanalyze and just kind of, you know, late, relax and enjoy it. Good. Have um have you been able to go into a you know Bruce has played the um, ballparks a couple of times. Have you been able to make a show when he played? 
there. Yeah, I I saw the uh, the we played in Wrigley Field. It was in twenty twelve, and I saw the first night. Um, yeah, which yeah, it was kind of uh, you know quite an ordeal <laughs> getting there, and um, we're getting home being an ordeal, but getting there was, and um, you know it was kind of crazy. We got there like right before it started, and. Uh, um, it was raining all day, but it turned out, you know, held out my, and then like a vendor dropped a, a row of cups empty, of course, but you know, hit my wife in the head. So oh no. Kind of a, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, like, Oh no, we're not off to a good start, but, um, yeah. you know, once it settled in, it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, um, I believe Eddie Vedder was there that night. I'm trying to remember. And okay. you know, Tom Morello played and, um, you know, uh, you know, Bruce made a lot of, you know, people there, um, you know, watch from the rooftops there and they, and they have those and, you know, he was, he was talking to people on the rooftops and things like that. So yeah, that was a, was, it was a real good show. Yeah. So are there songs and, and there always are talk to me about favorite songs or albums. That, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, um, yeah, there's some songs are, you know, are, you know, hard to pick. I mean, you know, there's so many of them. Yeah, you know, I, I could we could be here be here all day. But um, you know, as, as far as albums, yeah, you know, I really still stay with the ones. I guess you know, I, I talked a lot about Born in the USA already, and in Nebraska, I do like and yeah, I like those pre '84. I suppose um, uh-huh. you know, the River probably my favorite overall. I mean, you know, just the you know volume of songs that the first seven songs on uh, you know on the first disc or side one or whatever you want to call it, and then of course the river itself and uh you know just some 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 great uh some great songs point blank's a big uh favorite of mine uh, of course and uh stolen car actually i like the uh tracks version of stolen car better um yeah you know and then of course um yeah i guess you know darkness and um and and born to run of course i mean just so many you know classics and then uh you know greetings uh you know i really like uh greetings too so so what were your thoughts on Letter to You? Yeah, you know, Letter to You, for some reason, I, I really haven't been able to, to connect with it. Like, you know, I like it. You know, it's not, you hear it and it sounds good. It's just really that vintage E Street band sound. But for some reason, like I haven't really latched on to to any of any of the songs, or really, you know, can call them among, among my favorites. And I, I don't know, lyrically, for some reason, it just hasn't spoken to me. Okay. Um, so, and I can't, I can think like, I really should like this, but I just am not, uh, not connecting, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it sounds bad, but for some reason I, you know, I don't have that, uh, you know, Emotional two or three songs that, yeah. yeah, that I've really connected with for some how about, reason. How about Western stars? Yeah. Yeah. See now Western stars was, I kind of thought that I, that I didn't like it as much, but now looking back, you know, it's like, you know, Tucson train, I still play. I really like that song. The Sleepy Joe's cafe was a song that I really, really attached to. Yeah. Um, so then I, you know, I've made more of a, of a connection to the letter to you. And now maybe it'll be a thing where a year from now, all of a sudden I, I get into it, but um, you know, for right now, it's uh, it's some, I, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I've, obviously, yeah, no. but it's not yeah. really just something that's, you know, connected to me. Did uh did you like the Western Stars film? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I watched that on uh, on a plane from the UK, um, actually, right before for COVID. But uh, that was oh, a really? good find. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I was in the UK for work, and we we're really nervous, like we weren't going to get back. The rumors are going to close the airports and yeah, all sure. stuff, and people were moving their flights up. And I was on, you know, on the flight back. You know, it was. Uh, you know, it was like a, a week or two or a week and a half and everything shut down after that. But um, I was, 
on, on the flight and in the in-flight entertainment had that, uh, had that on there. So it was a, a great, uh, great find. And I also watched the, uh, on the way out, I watched, what's the one, is it blinded by the light? The, yes. you know, that, that movie too. So yeah. yeah, I watched that one on the way out to, to, to uh, London from, from here. So kind nice of, double uh, feature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of uh, unexpected too. Yeah. That's great. That's really good. Well, good. Well, um, when he tours again, for all hoping he's going to tour again, are there songs that you're chasing, Ken, that you yeah. want to hear live that you haven't had a chance to hear? Yeah, yeah. So another another story where things kind of went wrong. So the one song that I had always been chasing was was, was Backstreets. Okay. And he played that on the last uh, show with that, uh, the, the River Tour 2016. And, you know, the song starts up like, okay, here it is, finally Backstreets. And the guy behind me like taps me on the shoulder and he's like, you know, my wife dropped her glasses or down there underneath the seat. And I'm like, can you grab them? I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to turn around two seconds, grab them and pick them up. I'm like, then I can't find them. I got to get, get a flashlight. And I, I found him, I handed to him. And um, he was, uh, then he starts explaining to me, well, it was important to find these because of this and that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I know. I know. I just, that's, that's good. I, I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm just, I want to hear this song. I just want to really hear this song. And now then you, why are you messing with me? That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I guess, um, yeah, I want to hear Backstreet's uh, again. Yes. Um, because that's, yeah, definitely one of my, fa- my favorites. So um, other than that, I think for you is, is, is one I want to hear. I don't know how often he, he really plays that, um, you know, no surrender um, is one I haven't heard. It was a, a big one, you know, for me from, from born in the USA, you know, probably my, uh, you know, one of my favorites uh, there. And um, you know, maybe again, from, uh, from, from greetings, uh, does the, bo- does this bus stop at East 2nd street, another fun one that I, I really kind of like so yeah those are those are all good choices that's that's really nice that's really nice that's good so uh what have i not asked you that i should have ken yeah yeah i don't know i think we've uh yeah we've covered you know everything let's see i mean um yeah, we talk sometimes about some of those obscure songs that uh, that yeah. people like, and uh, you know, I I, you know, I think underrated song maybe is something that I've really latched onto is, is "Local Hero." Um, oh yeah, that's a great one. You know, that song is, and, and just lyrically, it's a treasure trove of, of, of great lyrics. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I you know. In fact, I, I went, I hadn't listened to it for a while. I went back and listened to it. And I was like, I thought this lyric from, from another song. Um, so yeah, I really think you know that's kind of an underrated song that uh, that I really enjoy. So yeah, do you try to work Springsteen lyrics, uh, Springsteen references into your blog? No, no, I, I, I don't uh, try to try to do that uh, too often. Although it's really interesting because like um, uh, sports writers are, for some reason are really into into Springsteen. Yes, and. Um, I don't really know why, you know, cause it's, um, you know, for me, I think this might, you know, may age my era, but, um, you know, I don't know, maybe a lot of sports writers are, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, middle-aged like myself for that, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, but I don't really talk about mix the two too much. Um, yeah, I think you probably kind of wouldn't, wouldn't get the, uh, the bit or, uh, kind of roll their eyes at it. So, yeah. Um, I unfortunately am not as disciplined as you and I will, um, you know, my boss has made the joke. He says there is, I, I don't know if there is a way, if there is an example of 
where you can't fit some kind of Springsteen story and or experience into when we were talking. And I was like, raise my hand guilty, you know, like in basketball, you know, where the player <laughs> raises like, yep, I did the yeah. foul. Yeah. I was like, yep, that's me. That's totally me. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, it was funny. I was reading back a, a work thing uh, that I had written um, a year or two ago and I just noticed something I'm like, was I quoting Bruce here? What was I doing? Like, wh- why is that? phrase in there that's kind of not uh not right to you so i guess yeah it slips out every once in a while without uh, subconsciously maybe yeah have you been working mostly remotely during the covid <laughs> yes yes i've been working home for the last what year and two three months something like that so yeah, yeah it's been been quite some time yeah and business is good yeah yeah we're uh yeah we're uh, we're rolling along so things are things are holding up so yeah that's, that's good uh, it was scary at first but uh yeah certainly things have just moved along pretty well that's good and uh is chicago starting to open up i know you're in the suburb but are things getting to back a little bit normal yeah yeah in fact all of illinois is opening up on friday okay. uh june 11th it is so you know um we're in the you know last few days of it here um and really, as far as restrictions go, there's not too too much anymore, except for the big things like, you know, I don't know if restaurants are even still, um, you know, limited. I think they are, um, but, you know, sports and, and concerts and that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, that'll all end uh, and certainly getting bombarded with those, those types of things uh, nowadays. Yeah, I bet it is. That's going to be great. Yeah. Texas has opened up uh, either for good or bad. Um, and so we're going to see how things are going. Like I said, we, we plan to go to see the uh, ballpark. You know, we're going to check out the new ballpark uh, toward the end of August. And so kind of interesting how that's going to be um, because they've, um, you know, they're, they're not requiring people to wear masks. Now, my wife and I and most of our circle have all been vaccinated. So we're kind of feeling okay about it, but it is kind of still, it's going to be weird when we see that many people at a, in one place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I started to list some of the restrictions here and I was apprehensive at, at first, but I've kind of gotten more, more comfortable with it. Um, you know, I, I guess, um, you know, the gym just last week said if you're, you know, you're, uh, vaccinated you can you can yeah. you know, take off the mask and, and you know i don't think anybody's wearing like i guess you know i kind of trust trust those people that uh, you know kind of be healthy yeah. and do the right things more than you know some of the, some other venues where you're dealing with the crowd and you don't know you know you know kind of know the people by face anyway there for the most part so yeah so ken you mentioned every once in a while you you also do some fiction are you working at anything <laughs> now no, you know, I, I started, I was still kind of doing both when I first started, started blogging, but um, I just, uh, just lack of, of time sure. and uh, I couldn't really make the, you know, I couldn't, just couldn't do, you know, uh, my day job and, you know, all the stuff around the house and, and maintain fiction. So I've kind of, you know, let that, uh, let that go for a while, but I hope to, to try to get back into it at, at, at some point. So Good. Um, we'll see if I, I'm always kind of, come up ideas in, in my head. So um, we'll see if I can uh, come up with one that's good enough to uh, 
motivate me to write it down. So. Well, um, that's a perfect segue to the Mary question. So um, you can use your creative mind to give us an answer to that. Uh, if for some reason this is your first episode of Set Less and Bruce, the Mary question is very uh, easy. Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher, recently retired in the Philadelphia area. And um, every year he breaks down Thunder Road as a poem. His seniors would review the poem, go over all the lyrics, uh, the imagery, the, you know, the themes that Bruce expresses in the song. And at the end of the two days, he would ask his students, does Mary get in the car? So Ken, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Yeah, yeah, I feel like this is some kind of like secret psychological uh, test uh, <laughs> that there's some secret answer, right or wrong answer to. But um, yeah, I, I got to say, um, you know, I don't really have any, any deep, uh, you know, anything uh, groundbreaking. But of course she gets in the car. It's a town full of losers. I mean, why would she stay in a town full of losers? I mean, uh, he certainly tells a very persuasive story. So, um, you know, I don't know after that presentation how she could not get in the car. So I'm, I'm, I'm going yes. Very nice. I like that. That's a good answer. Um, any final thoughts you want to share? Um, no, I just, uh, you know, I just, just looking forward to, uh, to seeing what else Bruce has going. He certainly surprised us, um, you know, with the, you know, the Broadway show now. And, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, hinted the uh, cryptic message about the, uh, the Western themed album. Yeah, which you're um, like, I thought we've already gotten that with Western stars. Like what, what is, yeah, I, I'm very curious what that is. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, ah, is this old? This has got to be old. But I'm like, yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it wasn't. So, um, so yeah, who knows? It's, it's very intriguing. And then, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about the, uh, you know, the tracks, tracks too. So, yeah, I don't know, you know, what could be left? I, I always wonder, you know, he's put out so many of these things and, you know, these, uh, you know, all these extended albums, like, you know, the river with all these and the, the promised discs that, that came out. So it's hard to believe there's anything left of, of quality, but, uh, you know, uh, there, there must be. So, yeah, I, I, you know, that's, that's a really good thing to talk about because I think the same thing, right? Like, like how much more is, is there meat on the bone? Right. Like, um, but I guess, you know, he's very, prolific when he records during especially like during the born in the usa and the things you know the the rumor is there's an electric nebraska out there yeah, uh, and yeah. you know who knows what you're going to go on so uh we'll have to see right yeah yeah and you can certainly tell on, on a lot of these pieces where he's uh you know it's it's like a a, a version there's a lot of the same lyrics and some of the same sounds yeah. and then he you know he scraps that version or whatever and then goes on and you know and then there's another version where you know it's in the full you know the, the song that ended up on, on the record so you know i think you see a lot of things he's either experimented with musically or lyrically out of those but um they're all listenable so so that's, yeah, that's absolutely um okay if someone wants to reach you Give us your Twitter handle and how can, if they are dying to know about the White Sox, uh, you know, uh, farm team, how can they read your stuff? Yeah, yeah. So um, my Twitter handle is very simple. I, you know, again, I, you know, I didn't know Twitter was going to turn into the thing it did when I uh, when I joined it. But my Twitter handle is just simply at Kasawilchik, which is K S A W. I-L-C-H-I-K. So you can find me there and you can 
uh, read a lot of uh, silly uh, White Sox and, and some Bruce tweets, not, not as many. I try to stick to, to my audience as mostly White Sox fans. Um, and then it's, it's uh, futuresox.com. Uh, okay. What so, yeah, if you want to, uh, you know, read any stuff or, or catch up on the uh, you know, White Sox minor league system, uh, that's uh, the, the place. So, again, futuresox.com. Well, thank you. Well, uh, you and I have exchanged several emails and uh, you had said how much you were looking forward to visiting. And I got to tell you, I've loved talking to you. Um, as I was explaining, this is my first podcast in a while. And uh, you you were a great guest to kind of break the ice again. So oh, well, thank, thank you, you so thank much. You much. I appreciate yeah. that. It's been a lot of fun. Um, listeners, you please stay safe. Um, you know, Get vaccinated if you can. Uh, remember to wear a mask. Remember to social distance. And uh, let's all be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this. For now, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you to my Patreons. Andrew Goddard, Betsy Hodges, Levi Petri, Elizabeth Bronson, Stephen Malio, Holly Mack, Steve Rogers, Dale Hosick, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, and Mary Thomas. You all are my monthly angels. Thank you so much for the love and support you give on this podcast. You are greatly appreciated. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.